Cape Talk. WhatsApp Sarah Jane on 072-567-1567. It has been nearly uh, 20 years since the unmistakable voice of Sir David Attenborough first narrated BBC's Planet Earth series, uh, bringing the wonders of the natural world into our homes. Well, now you can catch uh, Planet Earth 3 on BBC Earth on DSTV. It's an eight-part series and it took nearly five years to film and features several segments that were shot here in South Africa. This week, uh, I was lucky enough to catch up with two of the people involved in the production. Nick Easton is the producer-director for the Coasts and Freshwater episodes. And Justin Blake is a local marine biologist uh, who frequently dives with sharks and was part of the crew that filmed Coasts, which is the first episode of the new series. Take a listen. Nick, Justin, good to have you with us uh, and uh, really excited about uh, this new uh, the new series um, coming to DSTV Channel 184. Nick, I'll start with you if I may. You've been with uh, the BBC since 2008 and over the course of your career, you've been involved in uh, Emmy winning films. Just tell us about some of the, the compelling footage that you've captured in this series. Well, Planet Earth 3 was a, a big undertaking. It took us about four years, five years for some. Um, and we were just after new stories because after nearly 20 years of making wildlife films, one thing I can guarantee is that the natural world will always surprise you. And what I was desperate to prove was that that was the case to the audience. And we, we found so many new things. We found chimps living along people in villages. We found uh, an animal called a sea angel that went out in last night's show and is in, in the coast episode, which um, looks like the most angelic uh, planktonic animal you can imagine. And then it's got a, another side, a twist in the tail, if you like. We've got leopards who leap nine meters from trees to catch impala. We've got everything you can imagine. And I think I'd like to think you guys will will be surprised and full of wonder for what we've we've shown. Nick, you've, you've been quoted on the BBC's website as saying that there's a sequence that stands out for you um, the most is the struggle between Cape fur seals and the great white shark off of um, the um, Robo Peninsula. That's right. It took yeah. four years of filming. How on earth do you manage to capture that footage safely? Aha. Uh-huh. Well, uh, Justin is as much involved as I was, to be honest. So, yeah, that was the story we always wanted to capture because what's so wonderful about it is great white sharks are shown as they truly are, which is just another vulnerable animal in the ocean. And in, in our sequence, as, as those who watched it last night may have seen, the fur seals turn the tables on the great white shark and chase it back out to sea. In terms of capturing it safely, I mean, the first challenge was capturing it all because the great white sharks, as I say, they're vulnerable creatures. And actually in that first year with, where Justin assisted us, they gave us a wide berth, didn't they, Justin? Absolutely. We realized how sensitive they were and how, how much they actually didn't really want to engage with us when we jumped in the water with them. In terms of safety, the important thing was that our divers uh, jumped in as a two and they'd be back to back and they'd go as quickly to the bottom of the, the sea as they could. Because once they were on the bottom, actually the sharks would either give them a wide berth or just ignore them. Um, and we had the advantage across the series, but particularly in the sequence of being able to film from drones. So we could always check the area before we went in and we were trying to anticipate in which the direction the sharks were going and get ahead of them. And then our divers could be safely in position before they came past. And often we'd be using natural features like rocks. I mean, the advantage of filming in shallow water is that you can be on the bottom of the ocean, so you're safe from below and 
use a rock almost like a hide like we'd use if we were filming um, animals topside as we say on land um, and so the, the cameramen were kind of disguising themselves against the rock and actually we found that although it was an unnerving experience no one ever felt unsafe in the presence of those sharks. Justin, you're the one that has to uh, get in the water and, and do this. Just uh, talk to us about um, the the precautions that one has to take. Um, and for you, you've been doing this for a really long time. But when you is there ever a feeling these days when you jump in of this, this could get hairy? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been diving with with sharks for a long time. And I think the amazing thing about this show was that we were working. I was just one small part of a team. Um, so working with with really experienced, really capable um, folks uh, in and outside of the water. Um, so I think when you when you're diving with sharks, when you're when you're looking to film or, or, or work with them, you realize that you know the, what the media tells you is is all wrong. Uh, these sharks are actually um, pretty nervous. Um, they're pretty scared of you. So a lot of the time you're trying to be as quiet as possible. You're trying to um, preempt where that shark's going to be, jump in and get out of the way and, 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 and sit and wait for it to come to you rather than just kind of aimlessly swimming around the ocean. Experience counts a huge amount. So if you're jumping into the water and you've got experience, you're comfortable with all of your equipment, um, it does make a, a huge difference. And then, as I mentioned, team members. So I was always uh, sort of assisting Raj or, or Barry or whoever else it might have been um, uh, with it. So two up of confident, confident water folks is, uh, certainly gives you an upper edge. But yeah, it's, it's really not as terrifying as as the as the media might might show it's uh it's actually really calm um really peaceful down there i'll take your word for it i'll take your word for it justin <laughs> if you're just joining us uh, this sunday morning on uh, weekend breakfast uh, i'm talking to nick easton uh, producer and director for the coast and freshwater episode of planet earth 3 which is on bbc earth dstv channel 184 and also justin blake who's a marine biologist uh, from here in cape town who dives with sharks and was part of the crew that filmed uh, coasts um it's it's an eight-part series by the way folks um so just make sure that make sure that you catch it justin can you talk to us about the concentration of great whites in the area that you filmed in and what we're hearing about in terms of their scarcity in the waters around around cape town yeah absolutely i mean it's a it's a really fascinating situation in that um you know the word on the street in cape town is you know where the question on the street is where have all the great whites gone nobody knows where they've gone what's happened to them um we've seen numbers decline over time and then when the infamous pair of uh, orca or killer whales arrived um it seemed to trigger a sort of response these great white sharks terrified have, have kind of left um their normal haunts um, perhaps something to do with with climate change and changing ocean conditions, temperatures, for example. Um, these animals have shifted their distributions. Uh, so where have all the great white sharks gone? Well, we're hoping to answer that question um, through the footage that uh, we were able to film over the series um, to try and identify individuals to see if, okay, the sharks that have moved into Plitz, now we're seeing more in that area, are they the ones that have been displaced uh, from Cape Town? Um, and, and having remarkable 4K ultra high definition video footage um, helps us to identify individuals. Um, and with the last 30 years of Khan Spy and Seal Island photos, we can marry back to any of these photos and answer that question. It certainly does seem like Rubberg is a, is a new 
location for great white sharks. They're used to ambushing from down below. So they have this upper hand on the seals um, with very deep water. All of a sudden they find themselves uh, in shallow water where, where um, perhaps they might not have the upper hand that they, that they once had. Um, so perhaps they're in a learning experience or learning process right now, um, being sort of moved or shifted up the coastline. Tell us a little bit about this project that you started called Meeting the Locals and, and, and why it is it important to, to track sharks? Yeah, so, so as I mentioned, we've got this history, 30 years of, of people taking photos of great white sharks in Seal Island here in False Bay, um, in Khanspai and a few other locations. So we've got this archive of, of individuals, these mug sharks, as it were. If we look over time, we can start identifying the same individuals. We can then say how big the population is, right? If you see the same individuals over and over again, it's a small population. If you're seeing lots of new individuals all the time, the population is much bigger. So in order to understand where we're at in terms of protecting great white sharks, we first need to know how big the population is. Um, And then secondly, to answer the question of where have the sharks gone, we can start uh, identifying, hopefully identifying individuals from previous sightings. That'll help us to understand the the dynamics of of such an apex predator, the top of the food chain. uh, Well, almost the top of the food chain, as it were here in the Western Cape. I think it's such a nice thing as a wildlife filmmaker. I'm so reliant on people like Justin and local expertise and science and research to tell these stories. Every single one of these stories in across eight parts, and there's about eight sequences per film, relies on someone giving us the knowledge and sharing and being generous with that knowledge. And what's so nice in this case is that we've been able to give something back. And so that's the footage Justin is talking about. We provided the footage from four years, and that's a record of four years of activity in in Plettenberg Bay. Um, And it's a rare treat for me. Um, But yes, I'm just in debt to scientists and researchers and and locals wherever I go. We're talking, uh, folks, about the eight-part series Planet Earth 3, which is uh, showing on BBC Earth. That's DSTV Channel 184. And I'm joined by uh, two of the gentlemen involved in the production of that series, Nick Easton, producer-director for the Coast and Freshwater episodes, and Justin Blake, uh, who is a marine biologist uh, from here in Cape Town. Uh, Nick, we, we always hear uh, Sir David Attenborough warning about the catastrophe that we face as humans if we don't change our behaviour, the behaviour that threatens the planet. How how does this series um, highlight the impact, for example, of, of climate change? Yeah, well, we, we tackled that, that um, issue head on in this Coast show. Um, it's obviously a difficult issue to see and it's a difficult kind of issue to understand and compute on the day-to-day um, so what we wanted to find was a story that showed that visually um, and in this case we used the example of uh, an island a very remote island off northeast australia called rain island where turtles green turtles come to nest every year it's the largest green turtle rookery in the world and you only need to look at that island once in an aerial shot to realize it's on borrowed time. It's built of sand, kind of eroded coral sand. There's a, there's a, there's a little bit of rock in the middle. But as sea levels rise, that island is going to certainly change significantly and probably vanish beneath the waves. And 60% of the world's green turtles nest on that single island. If that doesn't make it more real, I'm not sure what does. But we want to also be realistic about this. You know, we, we're all living our lives. We're doing the best we can. And the responsibility doesn't just lie with us. It lies with those in power. Um, and that's put very neatly by one of our contributors. We work with um, some traditional owners of Rain Island. That's the the Aboriginal people who w- once used Rain Island um, 
in the past and they're still involved in its management and they were our hosts on Rain Island. Um, and one of those people appears on camera and says exactly that we need government and big business to wake up. I suppose on that, you know, the, the, what, what is the call to action? Um, the, the BBC Earth series are, 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 have been uh, hugely popular. Planet, sorry, Planet Earth series have been hugely popular. And, and yes, we all love looking at environments that so few of us will ever get to go into and looking at and, you know, we feel that we are there um, because it's, they're so beautifully shot. But we also have an off button, right, mm-hmm. which allows us to an extent to, to disengage. Um, uh-huh. So uh, is, is there a call to a- action? Are you optimistic about our planet's future? Well, I would say my role as a wildlife filmmaker is to inspire wonder, because I think if we we first have to know something to care for it, um, and that's my primary role, and I think that's what Planet Earth has done for 20 years now. Um, so I, I was trying to find stories and places that people would just have their minds blown by. And then the next step is theirs to take. Um, And for some people, these shows will always be escapism. And sometimes that's what I'm there for too. You know, wildlife is is an escape for me too. But um, maybe it will inspire something else and that's up to the the individual. In terms of optimism, um, we started talking about kids. I've got two kids. I had both of those kids during the making of Planet Earth, which was not the best idea I've ever had. But um, you kind of have to be optimistic once you've got kids. Um, But I am optimistic as a zoologist, that animals are resilient. The natural world is resilient. That's not to say it will survive everything we throw at it, but if we give it a chance, it's amazing in nature's ability to bounce back. Justin, the same question to you. Are you optimistic about our, our planet's future? You spend an awful lot of time um, in a part of the planet that a lot of us don't get into, but are you optimistic about the, the future? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I think uh, exactly as Dick said, is um, I kind of view optimism as a as a choice. Um, if you if you are optimistic, you can find solutions. You can you can seek those solutions out that might have been discovered somewhere else on the planet um, and apply them to wherever you might be. I think the meet the locals campaign, which I I didn't mention, is the idea behind identifying individuals is to share the local sharks with the communities that live in Plet. Uh, so you, you're, you're contributing to science, you're contributing to an understanding, but the Meet the Locals campaign is really about meeting the locals, meeting the sharks that are there, that are not these uh, mindless munchers just swimming through the ocean like Pac-Man. They're, they're, they're surviving in a new space. They're, they're learning how to adapt um, to change, and, and we might not save everybody, um, but Roburg is a marine reserve. Uh, and there are these charismatic great white sharks that happen to find themselves in a marine reserve. And that's a solution that everybody can attach onto. Everybody can um, can use to to change their behaviors, perhaps meeting the locals and, and supporting a marine reserve. There's a solution right there for you. Um, yeah. To understand the sharks would be to protect them and the people that they share. Absolutely. You can catch the uh, series Planet Earth 3 on BBC Earth, DSTV Channel 184. There's a new episode that starts every Monday at 8pm. Thanks indeed uh, to Nick Easton, producer and director of the Coast and Freshwater episode, and Justin Blake, uh, a local marine biologist. been great to have you on the show, Nick. Justin, thanks so much. Thank you, Esther. Thank you, Esther.